here on the JR the Boss Man Show. We got a great guest for you, one of the friends of the show. He covers the your facts for the AJC. Yolanda Ledbert here on the Boss Man Show. D Led, how are things going for you on the training camp right here at our doorstep? How's you feel how you feeling about our Falcons so far, man? Yeah, well, you know, today was their first day to report back and uh uh, you know, everything was pretty much normal other than Julio Jones' situation. Uh, Takaris McKinley will be limited. Uh, they uh, don't seem to be moving anywhere with Devontae Freeman's contract. So, uh, you know, they have a couple issues heading into camp, but uh, they'll hit the field tomorrow morning and get the season started. Now, uh, let's go back to Austin a little bit, D-Led. Uh, for you, how was your experience uh Current Super Bowl for the Falcons here with them making it all the way they far as they made it and just just get come off that off that game. How's your offseason come off there with all the come out the fact with the surrounding of, of the cloud of the loss and you covering them every day? How's it been for you, man, with people asking you about the game? Yeah, you know, it's two one or two things. You know, most of my friends don't want to bring it up. You know, they're not ready to talk about it. Uh they're still kinda upset. And then other people are like, hey, you know, uh feel real good about it um, that they they got so close and they have so many young players coming back. So, uh, you know, it's been real tough for the public to deal with it. And, uh, you know, the players getting back on the field, that should help them out a little bit. Now, do you feel like the players have gotten over that loss? I know Dan Quinn had them watching in the OTAs. I think I read a story about that. Do you think the guys are over it? Or are there still some scar tissue left there in their mouths about what went down and who who they blame for the loss happening? Yeah, they they tried to deal with it uh, over the off season directly. You know, coach uh, uh, talked about it openly. So did the players. Uh, Matt Ryan said he watched it three days in a row, and then he just stopped. He couldn't do it anymore. And uh, you know, that was enough for him. He's ready to move on. Uh, one of the things he felt. Uh, was that, you know, the play calls got in a little late there in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line. So, yeah, they're pointing fingers. You know, Devontae Freeman, know he missed the big block. Uh, Jake Matthews, know he had a big hold. And a lot of people made mistakes down the stretch that were costly and amounted to the loss on the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl game. Folks, got Yolanda Ledbetter here on the Boss Man Show talking to us about Yolanda Falcons. Now, as we go into camp, you feel like the Falcons addressed every need in the offseason for as the roster holes they had through the draft emergency? Because right now I don't see too many holes on the roster where I look at it from, from top to top to bottom as I look at it right now. Yeah, you know, you, you got a good situation in most positions that they have, at least have a two deep. They got to find a guard, uh, a right guard, and uh, got to find a fullback. But, you know, you got some guys that can play those positions that are uh, right guard, Ben Schweitzer. Ben Garland and West Whiter, and then you got uh, Sean Harlan who was drafted. So they have some depth now. Got that right. And now, d do you feel like Devontae Freeman is going to be frustrated that he doesn't have to have a deal done because I know he wants one bad? And Or does it say, hey, I played out this year and tried next year? Uh, do, you, do you think this is going to come to a head where Tevin Coleman might become the guy and Devontae leaves or they pay who's probably cheapest? How do you see that situation kind of checking itself out? Yeah, I think it's got uh, the potential to be a pretty bad situation because you have uh, Luther Campbell on his side, you know, talking bad about the franchise in public. 
Uh, you have them going on uh, network TV the week of the Super Bowl talking about they want money, elite money. And, I mean, he's a good running back. But, you know, I don't know if the team wants to pay him in the Levon, Levon, Levon Bell, Le'Veon Bell, and Sean McCoy range, you know. They maybe think of him more in the Doug Martin, um, Lamar Miller type of range. So that would explain why the agent left town today and did not sign a deal with them. So, uh, you know, the window's small. They're treating running backs real poorly in the NFL. I think they need to pay Devontae a fair and reasonable wage, not try to undercut him or undercut the market. And, uh, you know, let him play. If they if he's going to, you know, um, continue at this level, you need to play him at this level. So, uh, you know, they, they have the money, uh, but we'll see where it goes. And also look at some balance of position battles. I think that the one I look at the ledge position battles is Alfred be Jalen Jalen Collins. I feel like that might be one right there. Alfred might be Payers on number two corner, but Jalen Collins coming on strong, man. He, that, that boy can play along with you know with Pool can play. So what do you feel about that battle on the cornerback position? What a position you do? You guys see some battles. We might see some guys maybe need to make the roster. We have a great preseason here. Yeah. Yeah, they have some depth there, Casey and Goodwin, and those guys play. Uh, last year, they wanted to put Collins at corner and move Alford inside, but he got in trouble. And uh, then didn't you get to play until late, until there was an injury. So, you know, Alford and Poole can play slot. Get get all four of them out there in a dime and have uh, Alford and uh, uh, Poole in the slot. So, you know, yeah, that's a problem you haven't had in a while around here is to have too many good cornerbacks. You know, we've seen guys running wide open uh, around here for a while. And so it's <laughs> nice got to see right. them, uh, it's, yeah, nice to see them in coverage. Now, uh, speaking of the Trufant, is he, is he good to go or is he going to be on the, on, on the pup list there? No, nobody's on the pup list. Uh, he started his recovery at the end of minicamp, boss man. And uh, he'll probably start out here with uh, half the reps, and uh, then they'll kind of ease him into the night activities and then, uh, you know, build him back up to full-time reps. I hear that. Now, D-Lay, look at this. Look at the, at, the, at the defense here with Marquand Manuel in charge. Uh, will the Falcons play more man than, than cover three or cover one, however you want to look at it? Do they, will they go more man with, with, the, with the talent they have, or will Dan Quinn go what he knows best was playing at cover, cover three shell? He played out, out there with, in Seattle. Well, he said that him, Albrick, and Manuel coached about 45 games together, and they know exactly what he wants which is the cover three where you come up and lay people out. But you need that. That's what they want to do. But the fact that these cornerbacks had to play so much man last year, uh, they've only gotten better at it. So I don't think you want to lock. He don't want to lock down and uh, play man every time. But they certainly have the ability and the talent to go after people and do it that way. I hear that now. Are there some guys on the street right now, such as Dwight Freeney or any other guys, that somebody got hurt, that they would make a phone call to bring on the roster to take a roster spot and help the team out this year? Well, I think Nick Mango, the uh, Jet center, is somebody that could help the team out. Uh, I don't know if he can start still. He's 33, but you certainly, uh, you know, you have a bunch of rookie guards. Nobody started a game outside of Mack and LaVentry at an inside guard position. And we've seen Mike Person and 
uh, them young guys out there like that over the last couple of years. And it'd be nice to have a veteran on the roster that could, you know, play and come and help them out in those uh, type of situations. And D-Led, how happy were you to see uh, Michael Vick be invited to get his, have a retirement ceremony with the Falcons, you know, after what they all we know uh, he's been through and the team's been through? How happy were you to see how Arthur Blanket and uh, welcoming him more to the organization? Maybe he may get him in, 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 the, in the ring of honor eventually down the road after some more time passes about. So how do you feel about the Mike Vick being able to come back to the Falcons organization? So, oh, it's a team he put on the map, gave everybody galvanized behind the Falcons one, one, one more time after the Jeff Georges of the world came through here. So, so how do you feel about that right there, man? Yeah, that was a good uh, move by the franchise. Good for Mike, you know. Um, uh, you know, he helped build the Georgia Dome on a regular basis for the first time ever. That franchise was going into games with a chance to compete and, and win when he was healthy. You know, too bad everything had to end so soon. Uh, but, yeah, he certainly is a key figure in the franchise's history. And, uh, you know, had him within a game of the Super Bowl in 2004-05 season. So, yeah, that war- it certainly warranted. You just kind of, you know, know from being around the team what would have happened if he had, you know, matured earlier and, uh, you know, put more work into it. Uh, you know, uh, he could have had a great Hall of Fame career and he kind of wasted some of it. But it's good to see him get an honor. And he does mean a lot to the fans in Atlanta. But, you know, there's some truths on both sides of that fence that, you know, uh, you gotta got to deal with. Now, D-Led, I had this argument with some guys in the barbershop. I know you ain't barbershop talk to the radio, but it's on some level, indirectly, Mike Vick's responsible for, 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 the, for, the, for the Benz Dome, too. I mean, on some level, D-Led, I feel like because he put us on the map again. He made Atlanta relevant again. He brought the, the Falcons brand back when he was with the, with the team. So I feel like on some level, he's responsible for the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium as well, along with the team that we got today. But Mike Vick's contribution to the city of Atlanta helped us get, get this, this new, new nice dome we have next door. I don't think – I don't give him that credit because the – he, like he sold out the Georgia Dome, he emptied it and left them with the sponsors. Matt Ryan and Mike Smith and them rebuilt what he had tore down, you know, with those five playoff uh, five years, winning in a row, um, you know, four trips to the playoffs. You know, that was unprecedented. There's no reason why Mike Smith the winning his coach with Matt Ryan in the team history. Uh, yeah, stuff went off the rails because uh, they couldn't scout linemen. And that was on the Mitroff. But then they fixed it, and uh, now you got Ryan and Quinn taking the team to the Super Bowl. So now I can't give Mike any credit for the Mercedes Benz because um, he kind of he built the dome up, then he emptied it out at the same time. So uh, they had True. to start all over in 08 with Matt Ryan, and we got to give Matt Ryan and Mike Smith some credit for that. No doubt, no doubt. Speaking of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, D-Led, I saw some pictures of you of you in there, and you saw your new seat in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So how was it going inside of that place, man, that jewel we have over there on the north side of MLK, man? I really can't wait to get inside and see for myself. So you got to kind of first and look at it. So how how is it going to be for the fans out there coming to share the Falcons on this year? Oh, the fans are going to love it. It's, uh, the concourses are big. It's not tight. It'll be well-lighted. Uh, you got things to do inside. They're really trying to get you to tailgate inside the dome uh, instead of in the parking lot. You know, they got the prices of, you know, good for you. You know, you got good low prices for the food. And uh, come inside, hang out at the clubs, maybe get that seat where the players run out. It's very comfortable. 
and the fans are going to be uh, in for a great experience, not a high-priced one where, you know, you know, the tickets are already pretty, pretty steep, but the people that will be able to afford them and go to the game, you know, enjoy themselves and have a good time in this uh, wonderful state-of-the-art facility. Oh, you got that right now. I read on AJC about the roof. So if you could clarify about the roof situation. I heard it was going to be closed for the first few events there. So what's the issue with, with the roof there? We expect the roof to be able to be opened up. We get to play a, an outdoor game in Atlanta once more. Yeah, the roof is uh, – uh, they have problems with the engineering of it and moving all seven pieces uh, through automation. You know, they can move them manually – and, uh, uh, you know, but that would take so long. They got an operation where uh, they can move it uh, in 12 minutes by the press of a button, but they're not, they don't have enough, clear enough time to do it because they want to open the dome. And, you know, they got to practice that, and they can't do that with people in the dome and the games in the dome and the game, game schedule. So they got to wait for the next open period where there's probably 90 days or so where nothing's going on where they can, can tinker with that and get the automation up there to, to get that uh, that roof to close or how it's supposed to close. So, you know, it's an engineering thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was open yesterday when we went on our tour. It looked lovely. It's going to be great. Uh, I think we can just live with them getting it right uh, and having it ready to go over time. It's going to be here for a long time, so let's just get it right here at the beginning. I, I hear that. Let's for the latest. This uh how was how many games Arthur Blank wants to play outdoors? Uh, does he not has a number he wants to play outdoors? Was kind of like uh, as a each week basis go. So do you get a sense from where he wants to, to play? Maybe four inside or four out, or what do you feel about he's going to do about that? I, I think when you look around the league, the teams never open up their domes. Uh, you know, Houston, uh, uh, Arizona, Lucas Oil. You know, they're opening up before the game and then close it because. It's a climate-controlled uh, atmosphere, and, you, you know, there's an advantage to that. You know, we know Matt Ryan ball sells on the road. Uh, it's a lot better inside where the wind's not there. So, you know, I don't see them opening it up for many games uh, when, when they do get it going here. I hear that. Well, D-Lid, I thank you so much for this training camp uh, preview here for us, man. Give us a set us up for this great season, man. Look forward to seeing you down the road, man, at the games, man, having the show again this season, man. All right, boss, man. Thanks for having me. You take care and have a great day. You too, now. All right. It's a little better here on the Boss Man Show. Come on, it's Greg Arias after the break. your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. 
Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Scout one, my man Greg Arias. Greg, how you feeling, man? Titan training camp is almost on the corner. Are you ready for for the grind again? Well, I don't know that I'm ready, but I also know that I don't have a choice. So I guess the answer <laughs> to that question would be yes. We have to be ready. Uh, Saturday afternoon kicks things off here. The players report on Friday. Uh, the short media availability on Friday to talk with the 
Mike Malarkey and uh, some uh, select players that the team chooses to put out in front of the media. But Saturday is the big kickoff when everybody gets going and they'll be on the practice field. It's open to the public and uh, expecting a pretty big crowd as the expectations here this season are pretty high at this point. I I saw see that, Greg. I'm hearing a lot of blood with the Titans down here in Atlanta. I'm hearing people tell me they're going to go 10-6, 12-4, 11-5. I can't really disagree with them because luck shoulder is in flux. Uh, Indianapolis, uh, you got Deshaun Watson and – and whoever down there in Houston, even the Jaguars are the Jaguars. So the Titans should run the AFC South on paper, and they're the most talented team and got the best players on in the division, if you ask me, Greg. Well, you know, ironically, as we speak, I'm writing an article doing my season prediction. I'm actually doing it in four parts this year, going quarters, uh, predicting each game. And uh, the Titans, uh, as you mentioned, should run the division, at least on paper, Though when you look at things, Houston probably has the best defense in the division regardless. Their question, of course, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, their quarterback situation, uh, Tom Savage. We really don't know who's going to be the guy there pulling the trigger on things uh, for the Texans. And if you look at the Jaguars, you know, they may have the most talented roster of anybody in this division, but their question, like Houston, is quarterback. Really the only team in this division right now with Andrew Luck having the shoulder issue uh, with uh, without serious quarterback questions is the Titans. And, of course, you say, well, Marcus Mariota broke that leg last year. Well, he was back in OTAs in the, the rookie minicamp. He did some work, and he did some work in the other minicamp that they had uh, last month here and looked fine. Says he's pain-free, he's moving well, he's weight, still has the speed. So I'd have to say going into the season right now, when you look at the most important position on – the roster for each team, the quarterback, the Titans certainly are in the best shape. But does that mean they can win a division? That's the, the million-dollar question. Yeah, Greg, i tell you what, and the Titans have a tough opening game against Oakland at Nissan Stadium. i tell you what, that's going to be a, a, a tone-setting game in my mind, Greg. It's like the Titans win that game, it can set the tone for the year. Because you know how sometimes we come to come Nissan and say, oh, we are expecting the Titans to have a bad day or something's going to go wrong. This is the time to set the tone where it's going to go right for us, where we make it okay. We're going to go on a good run this year. So uh, have you heard from the players, Mike Malarkey, those around the organization want to say this Oakland game is key for us in our ear to get off on the right start here? They haven't said that as of yet, but, of course, through the OTAs and minicamp, you know, they were dealing more with – Marcus's injury, his return, uh, of course, the rookies, Corey Davis and, and Taewon Taylor, uh, the two receivers that have gotten a lot of publicity for the way that they performed in those mini camps. I'm sure we'll get more of that uh, coming up here on Saturday when they start, uh, you know, focusing on the season itself more so. And uh, the question can be asked about Oakland to set the tone, but you're right. It's definitely a game to set the tone because Oakland came in here last year and faced the Titans. The Titans got a win over Oakland at Nissan Stadium, and it was one of those obviously key games. Every win is important, but for the Titans to get to 9-7 and seven last season, they needed that Oakland win, and they got it. Getting it this year, and here's the irony in this, JR. A lot of people may not have thought about this yet, but I mentioned Marcus broke his leg last year. Well, so did Derek Carr, and it mm-hmm. happened on the same day. Uh, the two quarterbacks, obviously, in different games had the same injury. So 
quarterbacks both return to their first live game regular season action facing each other in the season opener. So throw that in as a little bit of intrigue. But uh, I, I certainly think that the, the it's a bigger game for the Titans than it is for the Raiders at this point in time because of the hype that the Titans are getting, the being the, quote, it team that people are predicting to be in the mix to win the division and get into the playoffs. And, of course, it being at home, you got to win big games at home, and the Titans have got to prove that they can do that this year if they're going to try to uh, meet these predictions that people have and win this division. And, Greg, this came across the wire here. The Titans signed Dennis Kelly to a multi-year extension. You like, is that a move that you're in agreement with? You do like that move for the Titans? Oh, absolutely. I think that Dennis Kelly was a key last year because you look at it and you go back, and really the game that stood out the most was the game against the Packers where Taylor Lewan was ejected uh, in the first quarter of that football game. This is their starting left tackle. He went out being a pro bowler last year. He has to go to the locker room done for the day. And Dennis Kelly stepped into that spot. Certainly, he's not a Pro Bowl player, but he had a Pro Bowl caliber game that day. You looked out there and you didn't really notice, other than the number, that Taylor Lewan wasn't the guy on the field because Dennis Kelly handled his business well. And so I think that he's certainly a guy that uh, the Titans are going to count on this year to play that uh, swing tackle position. He can play each side and be a key backup should something happen to either Lawan or Jack Conklin on the right side. Now, I read, Greg, where Marcus Mariota got with his old trainer, and he's at 218 now. The Titans want him to be around 235, which I read something like, or 230 or something in that area. For you, do you want Marcus lighter or do you want him heavier to deal with the pounding he may get from these fast defensive ends and tackles in the National Football League? Well, you know, there's – uh, something to be said for doing it each way. Obviously, a bigger, thicker, stronger guy can endure more uh, of the uh, hits that you're going to take as a player, any player at any position in the NFL. But there's also the school of thought that quicker, faster, maybe he can get away and avoid some of those hits. And Marcus seems to feel like, and obviously he knows his body uh, better than anyone else, that being lighter and being able to be quicker, he can maybe use the speed to avoid some that he absorbed last year. And of course, you know, got caught on the play where he broke the leg in Jacksonville uh, in the second to last game of the season there. So we'll see. I kind of feel like that the Titans maybe want him to do one thing. I think they're going to be okay with whatever Marcus comes in and, and feels like that he is comfortable with his body the way he wants to be to be the best that he can be for the Titans. I think they'll probably be okay with it. Folks, we're joined by Greg Arias of a pro football spot here live at Falcon Training Camp with JR here. His birthday's August the 1st, people. Tell him happy birthday on Twitter. His birthday's coming up. Yeah. Yes. What's up, man? Hey, Greg, I ain't going to ask how old you are going to be, man, but I know you're older than me, so it's all good. <laughs> I, I am older than you, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that I am not 50 yet. I'll be 49, so... <laughs> I got another year before I hit that big five zero, and then things start to go downhill. I'm okay with. I can't swear that fifty will feel the same. I hear that, man. And uh, I read about Corey Davis, Greg. Uh, could be heading to a holdout. What is? Is it over offset language or guaranteed money? What's the deal with Corey Davis and the Titans not coming to an agreement on a contract here before camp starts here on Saturday? You know, there's not been a lot of talk about that. To, We've reached out to 
Corey's agent. There's been no response to that as of yet. Some of it could be that the fact that the, the two spots on either side of him have not uh, come to terms with their contract. In fact, the only player in the five that is signed right now is Mitch Trubisky. And uh, so sometimes these teams wait to see what the number is of the player in front, especially in the top ten more so than, you know, some of the other positions down in the in the lower part of the first round or even in the second and third and fourth and those kind of things uh, to see what the numbers are. So I don't know that it's a big deal at this point in time, and certainly I know that the Titans want Corey Davis into camp and Corey wants to be in camp, and I think everybody – I think they get something done. Uh, I think we probably see some action here in the next couple of days on some of these guys to get something done, but there's been no real word as to what whether it's – that language or what the uh, uh, you know while these negotiations negotiations are going on neither side's really wanting to put out anything that will uh, kind of give us an idea of what might be the holdup I think it's more having to do with nobody uh, being other than Trubisky in front of him having been signed already to kind of have an idea of where that slotting is going to take place I hear that now speaking of his position of wide receivers my god Greg the weapons you have with Rashard Matthews Sharp Taiwan Taylor Corey Davis Eric Decker not to mention McBride, Douglas, and Weems. That's going to be a heck of a thing trying to figure out which five or six to keep because I see five already that you're not going to get rid of. So do you go with six? Or can you got John Smith, the guy from from the draft? So it's like the Titans have a wealth of riches at the receiver, tight end position, running back, they're good. So what do you feel about the Titans on offense for us to count battles and who they're going to keep? How do you feel so far, Greg? Well, I think they keep two quarterbacks, Marcus, obviously, and uh, Castle going into the season. Uh, Alex Tanney looks to be the odd man out here because he is out of, as I'm told, uh, practice squad options. Uh, they do have Tyler Ferguson that was a uh, undrafted free agent and a kid that they really actually like. He's got a big-time arm, though you've probably never heard of him. He came from Western Kentucky, but he never played. He actually started his college career at Penn State, could not win the starting job there, transferred on to Western Kentucky, didn't win the starting job there, but uh, has NFL caliber uh, talent at least his arm. And so I think he's a guy that probably winds up on the practice squad, and I don't want to spend too much time on the quarterbacks, but I think that's how that one plays out. The running backs, it's set. We know who's going to be there. Uh, that's not really a hard one to handicap. As you mentioned, receiver is going to be a hard one to handicap because – Who's going to be the guys that fill up the bottom of the roster? We thought Harry Douglas was a guy that would be safe here as a veteran leader of this team, but now with the addition of Eric Decker, who's a veteran himself, probably uh, and is a little younger than Harry age-wise, might have a little bit more left in the tank. I think Harry uh, might be in for a battle to keep his roster spot here. The same with Eric Weems. He's a return guy, basically, that they signed from the Falcons there. And, of course, you know – he and Harry both well and personally. But uh, I think Eric probably has a hard time making this roster because he's limited in what he's been able to do as a wide receiver to this point in his career. And with a guy like Adoree Jackson that the Titans drafted to be a cornerback, of course, an explosive kick return type guy, they've got some other people that they feel like can be return men as well. Weems might be a guy that's an odd man out there. And then the other spot uh, is tight end that you mentioned. I think they're set there. They'll keep four. Obviously, Delaney Walker, Johnu Smith, Phillip Supernall, 
and Jay Samaro, I think, wind up being the four guys that they keep there. The offensive line's pretty solid up front. It was one of the top units in the NFL among offensive lines last season. So certainly this offense could be explosive. Uh, again, uh, there's some things to be decided, but uh, I think probably wide receiver will be the most watched position battle for who's going to be the guys. And I think they keep six at that position. But the question again, who will the six be after you get past probably the first four or five? They're easy enough to pick out. At the at the risk of angering a friend, I think Eric will be cut and Harry will stay. That's just my personal opinion. But <laughs> I don't want to make a friend angry. But but I think that's what's going to happen. And uh, well, you know, you're not you're not really taking a shot at the guy by doing that because this is a business, and we know that there's only so many spots available, and they've got more bodies at wide receiver that they can keep, and so. You know, you're just kind of predicting what you feel like is going to happen, and I don't think anybody should be mad about that. It's not a knock against them. It's just kind of what we do in the media. You got that right. And defensively, Greg, I like the moves they made on defense. So you could go break down the tackles, the backers, and the backs, the cornerbacks for me, and the defensive backs for me. Who's, who's going to you think will make that roster? Who's the guys we should kind of watch out for that maybe hmm, may be in trouble if they don't perform very well in this all training camp period? Well, you know, when you look at the front seven, the front seven is pretty solid. Of course, they signed uh, Sylvester Williams away from the Broncos. He's a guy that comes in, uh, has a Super Bowl ring to his credit from two seasons ago. He was a former first-round draft pick. Never really lived up to the first-round potential ability that he had when the Broncos drafted him. He was a solid player. He's going to replace Al Woods up front. Then, of course, you've got Jarrell Casey. You've got Austin Johnson coming back that they really like that was a second-round pick a year ago that uh, started out slow but came on late in the season. He'll spend some time there with uh, Daquan Jones, who's also a a guy that will be in his his third season now. And uh, so I think those guys will be the main ones up front. You can throw in uh, Antoine Woods, an undrafted uh, rookie. or Not a rookie this season. He was a rookie a year ago. Excuse me. He'll be in his second year. Uh, out of USC, I think he makes the roster this year, actually. So the front seven uh, with the defensive line, those guys, then you look at Morgan and Arakpo, the outside linebackers. It's Woodyard and Williamson are the inside linebackers. I really like the rookie, Jayon Brown, the kid they got in the fifth round out of UCLA. He's not very big, a little undersized, great speed. I think he's a guy that they'll use as the nickel linebacker in passing situations because of that speed they can say hey lock up on this tight end or lock up on this running back and wherever he goes you go with him and this kid has the speed to be able to do that so uh i think he gets the the nickel linebacker spot there and then when you look at the secondary the really the only battle in the secondary is for the one cornerback spot opposite logan ryan of course ryan signed from the patriots will man one of the corners We don't know if they're going to put him on the left or him on the right and have the other corner on the other side and have them as that being their corner or that they will try to match up. I feel like Dick LeBeau tries to match up and put Ryan against certain receivers. Doesn't matter which side they'll kind of go and follow their guys all over the field. But the the battle is for the other spot, LaShawn Sims and Adoree Jackson. Who's going to be the one – uh, that gets that spot. Sims, of course, came on late last season, played pretty well. Uh, Jackson, a first-round draft pick uh, for the Titans. So I think those two battle it out for that spot in training camp. 
one of them will start. I think the other one probably uh, plays a backup role unless Sean Sims wins that battle and becomes the starter. Then we might see Adoree Jackson start as the slot corner in this defense. But if Jackson wins the battle and lines up outside, then I think we see Bryce McCain as the slot cornerback. And then when you look at safeties, it's Kevin Byard and it's uh, Jonathan Ciprian who signed away from the Jaguars here. And, of course, Ciprian led the NFL all safeties last year in tackles. So he's going to be a guy that can help in run support. Kevin Byard, of course, is a guy that they really like on the back end as a ball hawk, a guy that uh, made a lot of interceptions in college. He struggled a little bit last year at times, but as a rookie, you expect that. They're expecting big things out of here, him here in year two. Now, Greg, I want to ask you about Mike Malarkey's job security. I know he signed a three-year contract, so he needs to make it happen this year. He's been a lame duck here. Now, if are you hearing any rumbles he has a good year they'll extend Mike, or will they make him play it out the string on the last year of his deal, and we'll, we'll see about it after next year? I have not heard a word, and I don't know that you would get much of a com- comment uh, from anybody on that uh, at this point in time. Certainly Mike's not going to comment about it. If he has a good year, I think they probably would, and this is just my opinion. Uh, if this team, uh, and I don't know if you saw, but the USA Today projections of every team in the NFL, what their record would be, they have the Titans finishing 12-4, and four, winning the AFC South. 12-4, and four, if this team finishes there, Mike Malarkey gets an extension. If this team finishes 10-6, and six, that's one game better than a season ago. They win the division, they get in the playoffs. He might not get an extension, but I think he's on solid ground uh, at, at that point in time. The only way I think he's, quote, in trouble in any way is if this team slips. If they wind up 8-8, eight and eight, miss the playoffs, or wind up worse than 8-8, eight and eight, have a losing record uh, coming out of this season with the expectations where they are, then certainly I think you might be able to, to talk about that uh, at that point. But I, that's really the only way because ownership likes him. And, I mean, you look at what the guy did. He, he had a four-game improvement from two seasons ago to last year. So I, I think he's pretty solid in, in where he is at this point in time with this team. And final question for you, Greg, is there's no hit in Atlanta. with saying it's been stadium opening up in Atlanta. The roof don't work, but we got a stadium over here in Atlanta. So, Nissan Stadium, Greg, are they improved anything for us to see for the fans and any new amenities this year for the fans to enjoy Nissan Stadium that you've heard about or if they're going to plan to make the fans fans even better going down and see the Titans play? Oh, absolutely. They've uh, changed concession vendors for the second season in a row. Uh, they had a change before last season, thought that would do uh, something to improve. And, and, you know, of course, in the media, we sit inside and we don't get the stadium food. Uh, we have our, own, <laughs> have our own food that they serve in the media, uh, media uh, press box area. So uh, the new food vendor is supposed to have a lot of different things coming in. And uh, so I haven't seen the menus and stuff of what they're going to do, but that's supposed to be one of the improvements. And, of course, there will be some brand-new seats. I don't know if you saw it or heard about it, but uh, the 4th of July fireworks here, one of the shells actually went over into the stadium on the I west side. I did not hear about that. Deck. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and it blew up a bunch of seats, so they've had to do some work to uh, repair some concrete there and put in some brand-new seats. But right now, those are the only things. Of course, you know, last year before the season, they replaced every single seat in the stadium and did some upgrades to the uh, – 
jumbotrons and, and kind of change some things on the concourses around. So not a lot of improvements as far as that kind of stuff goes for this season. The main thing is just the vendor. And you mentioned Atlanta. September 2nd, I'm going to be in Atlanta to, to see the uh, Alabama-Florida State game and, and check out that new, uh, you know, palace that you guys have down there that uh, everybody says will rival what we've seen uh, when you go down to, to Dallas. And I know you've been there to, to Jerry World to see that. So I'm anxious to get down there and be able to see uh, what Mercedes-Benz Stadium is going to look like. And, Greg, while you're on I-75, and they want you to take a picture of SunTrust Park as well while, while, while you're here. Go to SunTrust Park and take a tour of that as well and see where well, I've already, I, I've already I been went. to SunTrust. Okay, okay, you've already done that, okay. you already done yeah, that. Yeah, I called you when I came through Atlanta, and you never returned my call. <laughs> <laughs> When you came through, I was at Michael Vick's football camp. I'm sorry about that, man. <laughs> That's okay. And, hey, by the way, I'm going to be down there on August the 6th. I'm coming down. We're coming down to the to watch the Braves and the Marlins on the 6th. That's kind of my last, quote, mini vacation uh, that I'll squeeze in there. I'm actually going to miss a day of training camp uh, to come down because my better half uh, bought tickets for my birthday. That was one of my presents was the uh, let's go to Atlanta and see a Braves game. So. Hey, Greg, I, I, I'm doing what I did last year. I'm wearing suits to camp this year again. I'm wearing my shirt and tie to camp again. I'm, I'm wearing my Falcons wades up to the Titans trying to camp again with my shirt and tie again. I know I made y'all look bad, but I'm going to do it again. You, you made us all look bad, but you know what? We weren't sweating near as much as you were wearing that long <laughs> shirt and tie. I can tell you that. <laughs> I hear you, man. Last one for you this, Greg. With the Predators going on that run, I went to the Sunshine Cup Finals in Game 6. I'm sorry about the loss I brought you guys, but I went to the game. But the Yeah, you're banned from coming back next year for the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that environment was crazy. Has the Titans took note of how the Prince got the city by storm and made downtown like a happening spot, the place to be? Have they thought about maybe making Broadway an extension of, of, of Nissan Stadium's parking lot to make that, hey, Titan Central, or kind of use them with the Prince, kind of, they, they kind of built that momentum, make it happen? And the Titans market people saw this say, hey, we can do more to make the fans love us more like they love other Prince. Oh, yes, absolutely. They took note. Of course, uh, the Predators. Uh, the Predators embraced the Titans in this and the Titans players. I don't know if you saw it. They had Marcus Mariota there along with the offensive linemen as part of the hype squad, if you will, before the game. Marcus was waving the towel around and the entire five starters of the offensive line chugged a beer and then Taylor Lewan proceeded to throw a catfish onto the ice prior to one of the playoff games. I saw that. Uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, well, they and the players loved it. They were there at most every game, especially the offensive linemen. Marcus was there, of course. You know, all the country music celebrities and, and and people and actresses and stuff that were in for all of that that took part in it as well. So the Titans have certainly seen that. But you got to remember that the Predators played the regular season and they had great crowds. They had record crowds throughout the regular season, but all that stuff didn't start until they got into the playoffs and got into the run and got into the basically the Western Conference Finals and then the Stanley Cup Finals. So for the Titans to be able to do that kind of thing, they've got to have a 1999 rather run in them again where they make it to the AFC uh, Championship game or the Super Bowl. And then I think we'll see those types of things happen with the Titans and the city of Nashville. They want to do that type of thing, 
but you got to have a winning product. They're not going to do that type of stuff for a regular season game for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in eight years. I got that right. Well, Greg, you definitely caught the city of Atlanta up on the Titans. Because I tell you, Greg, believe it or not, with a lot of Titans fans down here in Atlanta, uh, the Titans got a lot of fans when it came to Super Bowl here and came up one year off short. Again, a lot of fans here. A lot of tight jerseys around Atlanta that uh, you we see, more than you would think. So a lot of fans out here who love the Titans up there in Nashville, and uh, you're the man I come to for Titans influence. You are the man, my brother, and you, you always bring the noise for me. Well, I appreciate you having me on as always, and are you going to be here Saturday for the, the start of the training camp, or are you going to be down with the Falcons? I'll be with the Falcons until August the 9th. I'll be with the Falcons. Okay. So well, I'll make my way up there in my, sh- in my tie for you, for you Greg. <laughs> hey, you know what? I may wear a T-shirt and a tie just for the heck of it. Do that. Yes, please. Join the club. Do that. No, I'm not going to wear a long sleeve shirt now. I might just wear the tie. And, you know, tie the tie with my T-shirt or something. But I, I won't be wearing a long sleeve shirt and a suit and some long pants. It's entirely too warm for that. You are a brave man. Hey, look here. I'm in black pants, black slacks, a red long sleeve shirt, and a black tie today. Represent my fucking colors for day one training camp here. So I'm in it, I'm in it right now, man. <laughs> you are a bad man, JR. That's all I can tell you. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. Nope. I hear you. Hey, man, you to have a great weekend. Have a happy birthday to you, man. I'll see you soon, okay? Absolutely. Look forward to it. Be careful, and we'll see you when you get here. All right, folks. Greg Harris here on the Boss Man Show. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, 
and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Thanks to the kids making my life 
close to me kicking off, Jay. We got a week away from kickoff, so we get this for real. So I'm looking forward to it. So the young men doing hard, working hard, just like our. I think Jay. I come to think about it, my kids, they be smarter than our emailers, Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it. Because I, I, I mean, you know, I've been doing emails for quite some time now, and I've seen some emails where we had to decode them. We had to try to figure out what they were trying to say, what they wanted, why they were saying what they were saying. Emails that were irrelevant, we had to sometimes even wonder if they emailed the right show or the right people. Exactly. And I think today, based on what I've seen, or not as bad, but let's delve into it, Jay. So what's email number one that we need to decipher today? All right, here we go. Listener email. (laughs) Okay, whoa. Stanley Bossman and Monique Memphis. Chick I deal with for nine years is unstable. I try to be her man. She donut. It's like donut for real, for real. She donut let me. I'm lost. Mike and Scottsdale. Michael Scott, I believe you are lost. I do believe that. Based on your email, I believe you're lost. But look, if you, Scott, I can, Mike and Scott, I can actually close your email. So, Jay, has been with a chick for nine years. She's unstable. I got that. I'm trying to be her man. She, quote, donut let me. So, she doesn't let you get a Krispy Kreme, my man. You can't get a Krispy Kreme donut for her. Public donuts for is what you trying to tell me, my man. But okay, Jay. Unfortunately, you as a female can attest to this sometimes. That sometimes, no matter what a guy does, if a chick hasn't matured enough to meet him at where he's grown to, or she can't just accept whatever it is that's going on in that situation, it causes an issue or a schism or a riff in the situation. Uh, I feel like Mike, someone's son, he's trying, he's trying things, he's trying to show her, he wants to be with her, but it may work for a while, but then it reverts back to wherever it was on her end, maybe, uh, she just can't accept it or see it or want it, and he's doing this for nine years, Jay, uh, how many men go with chasing something for nine years straight, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, to me, there's some missing in her character or quality because if a man comes here for nine years, men, men, men are predators by, by just nature with predators. We trust for nine years. We, we want you. So obviously, mm-hmm. whatever your flaw is, he likes that flaw. He wants, wants to work through that flaw. But she won't let she won't let it. So he's reached out to us because he's at the end of his rope now. Because I feel like this. You're emailing the show. You're at the end, you're at the end of your rope probably. You, you, you haven't dealt with this for a long time. You email the show. So, Mike, it's been nine years, brother. You're not getting any younger. She ain't getting any younger either. And at one point, you are what you are. And if you view her as unstable, let's be her for the rest of our life. So then you get married, unstable, up and down, arguing back and forth. So, Mike, as much you put this time in with the chick, maybe time to move on. I mean, unlike Usher said, you gotta let it burn, not literally, but let, let, just let it burn. You know, uh, you don't want to be with her no more. Uh, confess to her, like Usher, 
tell you, you, you make me want it, you want it my way now, not her way. You know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, nine years and you ain't got nowhere, but still in the same spot. So it's like, you beat against the wall, Mike and Scottsdale. You, you're in Arizona, my man. There's all kind of females out there in Arizona, my brother. I mean, I know you oh. like this chick and she, you into her and all that good stuff, but man, look, nine years still unstable, still the same stuff going on, man, look. Take your L, move on, my man, and get my name right. It's not no family boss, man. What <laughs> is that? Fan? Man, Mike, you lucky I even gave you a real answer after you called me family boss, man, her Monique Memphis. Look, I even gave you a real answer. And after your I'm lost take, which I agree with. So, you're lucky I'm in a good mood to give you an answer the other day, Mike and Scottsdale. Jay's on you. Oh, you're definitely in a good mood because you didn't even really go in. <laughs> so, I had to bust out laughing at first because I'm like, yo, he really called them family for real. But on to this guy. But usually, I want to say this, usually it's like the other way around. Usually it's like the women that will like stick around for years waiting for the guy to marry them and, you know, stuff like that. But this is the first time I'm really hearing that it's a guy. You know, the shoe's on the other foot. It's a guy that's been with a woman for nine years. They're not married. He's trying to stick it out with her. But I would say, leave her. I mean, you've already put in nine years into this relationship. You're trying to do all that you can, and she still doesn't appreciate you, and she's giving you the runaround. And that's what it seems like. It's the runaround. You're just running around in circles just to end up back in the same spot, and you don't need that. And I know that it's hard. Nine years of putting in you know, into something, you know, your heart is in it and, and everything, but I'm going to have to agree with a uh, boss on this. You're going to have to move on and, you know, I, it's going to be hurtful. Yes, you're going to have to deal with the hurt for a little bit, but trust me, it'll all be worth it because you'll find somebody who is on your level who wants the same things that you want and won't sit here and play games with your heart. Exactly. And Mike, from personal experience, Mike, uh, I moved on from a person I liked for a long time and and no sooner I'm going for I met somebody cooler okay like like you have to let that go to gain something better and look Mike I ain't gonna lie to you you don't think you don't think about her cat you don't think about she used to you know top you off nice all that stuff Mike it's gonna be some days you're like dang I should hit her up but you shouldn't do it Mike cause if you hit her up it's gonna get that same Cycle started again. Then you risk pregnancy, which means you're stuck for life with uh, and other stuff. Or you can risk uh, the Usher disease, allegedly. I don't know, stuff like that. So! <laughs> you what do they call the Usher disease? That's what it's called now. Allegedly. Or you she might join a cult with R. Kelly. You never know. But you don't want to be involved with that, okay? I'm just saying. So, and all that being said, Mike, uh, I would suggest this to you. Now, don't be thirsty about it. Uh, break her off. Maybe go to a happy hour at a bar. Maybe go to like ladies night on Thursday night somewhere. Just go out with your boys. You don't go out, go out by yourself. Go out with your boys. It's kind of just see something you may like and understand something. I'll just tell you, you no, know, Mike. Shoot your shot, Mike. See what happens. And then email me back with the right names. Boss and Jay, you just gonna go. You just gonna go call her quote Monique and then go <laughs> Memphis. That's terrible. And then family. What in the hell is that? Is that something at Lowe's, Home Depot, a family fan or a family microwave or a family oven? What the hell, man? 
How's it going? <laughs> Sir, what's your deal? Have I ever said on this show this is a family boss man show? Or email me at familybossman at bossmanshow.com. I have never can I say that. Never. Damn. I, can't, I look at the damn name and it threw me off, Jay. He made me go off anyway. Damn it, Mike. <laughs> I'll try to be nice. You mess it up with the damn horrible name and the damn take. So, yes, you damn it, you lost. Yes. She don't out let you. She don't want you buy cookie creams on sucker. Damn. Oh, Lord, God. Okay, Jay, we move on now. I, I can't, I'm going to go off on this dude if I keep on with this email. What's us next? <laughs> Listener email. Jerry and Willie May. All right. I have an annoying life person. They call me, call me, and call me when I be at work. Like, damn, I'm going to call you back, bitch. Then the jackass call and call. Like, bitch, I see you call. What do I do to stove all this? Kevin Jackson and Juan Oak? Stove? (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean, my man? Stove? Okay. That part is with me. But Jerry... Okay, I sound like a Willie Mae to you. <laughs> Are we in the cotton field, my man? I almost called, I almost called this man the N-word. I caught myself. <laughs> I, I, I almost slipped up and said N-word on the radio. I almost slipped up, people. I caught myself. Woo! My man. Jerry and Willie Mae. What? Okay. <laughs> I get your email. Because I have people, my handyman, who don't have a radio show, my handyman, I hate calling him sometimes. I hate being around him sometimes. Because Jay, he calls me and calls me and calls me when I tell him I'm at work. And you all know I don't have a real job. But my job's radio, so I'm in, I'm in my office. I'm conducting sales calls. I'm conducting director calls. I'm conducting, trying to sell the show to people to pick up the show. So I'm doing things that's business-related, okay? I tell him to call me after 530. He'll call me at 8 in the morning, then at 9, then at 10, 11. So I understand. It's like, I'm like, dude, I saw your call. I'll call you. At my convenience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I understand your email. It's annoying. Then when I'm around my handyman, he repeats himself the whole day. He was getting repeats himself. The same story all day long. Like, man, yeah, take care of me now. I need this man and this. The, the same. like, look, I can quote his story verbatim to him, I can finish the sentences for him. Now, Jay, let me be honest with you. I rather deal with Alvin's bad tasting than my handyman. Oh! Okay. That's bad. It's because he told me the same exact story. The same exact thing. He says, he gets on something, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, he keeps on saying, yeah, he really got to me, man. He tell me, I do. I heard it two hours ago. Like, fix my yard. Do my work around the house. 
don't talk to your son all day. At least Alvin gives me new takes. They might be bad. They're their new, their new takes. They're bad, though. But still. So, I understand. What's this idiot's name? What's his damn name? Kevin something. Kevin Dixon. God, name is Kevin. But, 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 man, I get you. So, yes, tell this MF. CJ, I'd use the words I wouldn't cuss. The MF, tell the MF this. The mother bleeper. I'm going to use that one. How about that? The mother bleeper. <laughs> mother bleeper. <laughs> the, tell the mother bleeper this. Look, Jabroni, I saw you called me. I will call you back when I can. You can't respect this. I will block your candy ass ASAP. And if they don't like that, tell them to go to hell and jump in the lake. Okay? Simple as that. And sir, once again, the names, Jerry and Willie Mae, <laughs> my man, you're bordering on me going off really, really bad. Uh-oh. Before I, before I do that. I don't want that. I'm going to let, quote, Willie Mae talk to you about your email. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never been called no Willie Mae in my life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, what, what Boss said. You know, and I think a lot of us have actually experienced this, whether it's male or female, where you just have that one person or even a couple people that just keep calling and calling like back to back, like every hour, even every half an hour. And they know you're busy, like you're not available. And even if you were available and you just don't feel like picking up the phone, common sense should tell somebody not to keep calling, but like give you the opportunity to call them back. Thank you. At least 24 hours, at least. Right. Or even eight or something. But that whole calling every hour, every half an hour, every couple hours, that that's annoying as hell. Like, I can even say that I've experienced it myself, where somebody will just keep calling and calling. It's like, what do you want? And the thing about that, that is even, that gets me even more pressed, where I feel some type of way. When they're calling you all the time, it's not even about anything important. That's the thing. Thank you. They call them just to chat about regular stuff that they probably already spoke to you about. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I went to Walmart today. Okay, and? (laughs) You call me ten times, just tell me that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, stuff that we don't care about. You know, so I definitely understand, too, about having this annoying life person. (laughs) Life person. Should we call Alvin a quote annoying life person? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that Alvin, you're an annoying life person. What's that, boss? What you are? Which is gonna scare me, Jay. I'm have another bad take off of that. That one take. So yes, annoying life person. Yes. Also, if you're a painter, you're an annoying life person. If you're a painter. If you're a fake model, you're an annoying life person as well. If you're a fake uh, businesswoman or a spokeswoman, you're a annoying life person as well. Uh-uh. Well, <laughs> next time the person calls you, they keep on doing that. You can, you know, go with uh, the take boss told you, or you can also just say, sir or ma'am, what's oh, sure, your sure deal? deal? Exactly. That always works. Or... I would. <laughs> or no but Listen here. That's all you do as well. That was my class to take as well. No buts. Listen here. Shut them down yeah, real quick. True. You know, like, look, do like this. 
Also, same thing for Facebook messages, emails, calling people at their office. Like, for real, it's an office. Why are you calling 12 times a day to an office? Right. So, Facebook messages nobody will see. Or emails, real, real emails. Like, stop. Like, Jay, there are some listeners who send me five emails a day. Same email. They forward it to me every day. Like, why? Like, yes and no. If I was going to read the email, I would read it. You know what I'm saying? Please. Right. So, people. It's called respect, okay? Not being an annoyance or an annoying life person. That's my man coined it. So you don't want to be a quote and annoying life person. So be respectful. Don't don't constantly text, constantly call, constantly email. Just let them get back to you in, in a timely manner, please. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. This is a day. Give them at least a day, please. Or two weeks before you start just buggy. So, Jay, what else we got? What's, what's, what else we got out there, Jay? Listen to our email, Bill and Christian. Oh, Lord. <laughs> what is your take on pink-wearing men? Latrell and E.T. Field Alliance. What? <laughs> what in the hell is that? What What in the hell is the E.T.? Is that some space alliance you're in, my man? What the hell is that? The E.T. Field Alliance? I've never heard of that. (laughs) What in the blue hell is this? I'll be like, my man, are you on Space Cadet Club, my man? What is that? I don't get that. What is my take on, quote, pink wearing... See, this is a dangerous question. It's a dangerous And stuff like that, and they're not, you know what I mean? Like they're not sweet, 
or anything like that. You know, they're completely heterosexual, you know, and stuff like that. You've even had guys that will wear their outfit, their ensemble, and wear, you know, some pink shoes or something. But, however, if some if a guy walks out the house wearing a pink skirt, that's when that's going to put you to think. But if they're, you know, wearing, like, a pink tie with their suit or even have on, like, a pink blazer or something... You know, I, I I wouldn't. You know, me personally, I wouldn't what feel. You know, sometimes pink way. slacks or pink skinny jeans. Yeah, if they're wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, if it's like pink skinny jeans, pink leggings, or like pink tights or something. Then yeah, you then he may be on the sweet side. You know, me personally, I don't. You know, uh, really care. I don't. You know, if somebody's you know gay or not. You know, but those are things to look for if they're wearing pink, in my opinion, is, you know, tight stuff or skirts or really feminine type of stuff, stuff, stuff that females would normally wear. But if they're wearing, like, a suit or something or stuff that normally a, ma- a man would wear, I wouldn't really think nothing of it. So, Jay, would you date a dude that wears a lot of pink primarily? Maybe, maybe that's what my man had. Well, if you saw a dude with his main motor, which was made of pink and purple and reds, would you, would you date him? Would you think something else about the man? As long as he's manly. <laughs> okay, as long as he's not over here, like, you know, just taking out the garbage. That's disgusting. You know, then, you know, we may have it because, you know, we, you know, we living together and we in a relationship, at least take out the trash sometimes. I mean, man. Exactly. And I want to take some real quick because uh, this take came up to me last week and I, I, I didn't get to it, but I should have. Uh,. Formerly gay singer Diane Perkins admits he and his girlfriend need counseling. I wonder why. There's no such thing as quote being formerly gay. I'm sorry. And he's delivered. Jay, this is my opinion. I might be wrong. But if you was a man for many years who delved into the gay side of sex, gay side of life, and he delivered from it allegedly. Those urges still be still be in you probably. I don't know because I don't over that way, but it's still be in you probably. And he need counseling. He said he was delivered. I think what's happening, Jay, he must have introduced a man into, into their bedroom. Always have thoughts about a man, or his man ain't working. If you just catch my dream. But it's like, yeah. Do you feel like somebody would be delivered from being gay when it was flat out gay for so many years? Also, they could stop and again trying to build a woman now, cold turkey. I'm delivered from that lifestyle. I can't say that it can't happen, but I would say it's very hard and challenging. And I would say that it would definitely take some time. And, you know, just like you said earlier, um, that the urges would still be there. So, you know, he would need counseling or some type of coach or mentor or sponsor or something that he can always call on, you know, or something, you know, when he gets those urges. Kind of like when somebody who's a former drug addict or a former alcoholic or a former smoker. You know, like me personally, I'm a former smoker. You know, um, I've been a non-smoker for like the last six months. But at the same time, I picked up a new vice where I'm now vaping. So the urges may still be there where I still crave nicotine because that's what's in cigarettes. So while I may not be smoking anymore, I'm vaping and, you know, the vaping does have nicotine in it. So I still have those urges. So where it's like, if I didn't, if something happened to my vaporizer right now and I couldn't vape for whatever reason, chances are, and I hate to say this, chances are I'm going to go to the next open store and I'm going to buy a pack of cigarettes, unfortunately, despite the fact I haven't smoked in six months. 
chats. There you go, people. I'm sorry, I answer your email finally, my man. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Ronald in Kentucky. I didn't want to answer your email last week, but I decided I was going to answer this week because I, I had time to think about it and it come out correctly. <laughs> you know what I'm when, when it comes to the gay issues and LGBTQ, you have to be so careful. One wrong thing, they're going to be protesting against you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One wrong, so I have to think before I speak. So I thought about it over the week and I gave you a, a take that was reason and, and rational. So, Jay, based on today's emails, what is your take on today's emails? I would have to say these these emails were more decent than the other ones that we have been receiving lately. I can say that. I mean, while all of them had their, their issues, I would have to say they are, you know, by comparison, better than the emails that we've been reading. Thank God for that. Well, folks, we got okay, it's the boss report after the break with J.C. Smith. So, folks, stay tuned for that. So, Jay, coming up next, J.C. Smith, be, be easy. We out. Talk to you down the road. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B L U B E R R Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today we have them from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. 
For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Show live here at Falcon Training Camp. Kicked off. We got it going on here in the ATL, man. We had the Atlanta Ledbetter AJC. We had Greg Arias, Pro Football Spot. Jamie Nick with the emails. And now, because you just heard Shawty Low, they know, you know who that is. It's my man, J.C. Smith. What's good, bro? Hello. Hello. They know. That's my theme music, baby. Every superhero needs a theme song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's going on, Bob? Man, no much, brothers. Hey, covering this tennis tournament, I'm turning into a peanut out there roasting that hot sun. But, hey, it's all good. Training camps here, tennis tournaments here. That means football around the corner, and which means the Dallas Cowboys in the news. We'll get to them a little bit later. But you know where it Man. is. Cowboys <laughs> come to ACL. Week. November the 12th. We got to get it ready for it. Saints being stadium. The Dallas Cowboys will walk into the, the stadium. Whoop the Falcons candy ass up and down that damn field if you smell what the boss is cooking. <laughs> Can't wait, bro. Can't wait, man. I, hey, I was in the A, what, last week, man. Last weekend, you know what I'm saying? Two, or two weeks ago. Man, loved it down there, bro. Y'all going to make me move down there, man. Bruh, you gotta make that move, bruh. ATL's always popping it. Shout out to Dugans. Shout out to Dugans and uh, Moon Dogs, man. Those two spots right there, man. Definitely get my seal of approval. Hey, bruh, I have bad news for you. Don't got shut down again. Man, you don't tell me that, boss. Don't tell me <laughs> Don't got shut down again, man. They they keep on getting bus selling illegal liquor, man. You know what? Maybe they need to relo- relocate and move to Atlanta, man. So that way we can have Don't. <laughs> I go to Dugan and Moondogs, man. How about that? At the same damn time. <laughs> At the same time, man. Why not? Why not, man? You got that. Hey, folks, you've been waiting on it. It's time for it. It's here. It's about support. First story, bro, is this. Rick Ross can't have a female artist on MMG because, quote, he want to stick her with his lemon pepper wings. <laughs> you know what? I heard about this earlier, uh, earlier today, and I was actually talking to my girl on the phone. Uh, 
y'all a lot out, by the way. Uh, I, was talking, I was talking to my girl on the phone, man, and we were talking about this story. Because, you know, he has a show on VH1 uh, called Signs, right? Him, uh, Rick Ross, The Dream, and somebody else. And, you know, it's kind of like an American Idol type type deal. Have, have, you, have you heard about it? I have. Okay, yeah. So I was watching that, you know, uh, tonight, man. And I was talking to my girl about it. And, uh, you know, I told her about the Rick Ross thing, man. And and you know what? I, it was, and, and when he was talking about it, it kind of made sense because have you ever seen a female artist on Maybach Music Group? You, you've never seen that, right? I haven't. So it kind of, you know, yeah, so it kind of goes in, in play into line with what he talked about as far as, you know, because he said his reasons were, I believe, that, um, you know, you're putting so much money into them, you know, as far as advance money and promotion to, you know, make the make the female artist successful that you feel like you own, that's, that's yours, right? It's your property, right? So you feel like you can do whatever you want to them, man. So I, I kind of can relate to what he's saying. But at the same time, you would think if you're going to have a big-time record uh, record label or a company, like, at some point, you're going to have to have a female artist, right? Exactly. At least that's how I put them into a sense call, bro. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother story, man. Yeah, we, we got we got to talk about uh, uh, all the black celebrities that, that took a hit last week, right? It, hey, it's all in it's all in the report, bro. <laughs> all right, well, good. <laughs> well, bro, good. You know I couldn't let that slide I put in the report, right? I was, I was about to say, yeah. I know we got to talk about it, yeah. No doubt. But get this. Florida man is arrested after calling 911 nearly a hundred times in one day after his chick refused to top him off before he went to throw boxes at UPS. <laughs> man, hold up, that's the homeboy. Called 911 a hundred times. He's in Florida because he couldn't get no toppy from his girl. Uh, he ain't working UPS. Yeah. All right. First of all, we know he was on. He was under the influence of something <laughs> to call uh, 911 time. Cause hell, remember back in the day, like my parents had me so scared as far as saying if you call 911 by mistake, you go to jail. Like the first time, so after the first call, you go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was always shook. You know, the same thing that I may call a butt dial 911 by accident, and I'm gonna go to jail because I'm, I'm calling for no reason. But to, to call 100 times, though? Yeah, he deserved to go to jail for at least top. two weeks. About the top? He? Nah, bro. Nah. Oh, man. Man, you better call a sex hotline or something. 100 times. As opposed to call 911. Yeah. Exactly. We got this five star sloppy. Chicago passenger records his Uber driver getting some motor mouth from a slizzard street strumpet. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. So we got an Uber driver. Shout out to Uber driver. Uh, you know, side hustle. Uh, so, so my man, he, he's, he's driving for Uber, and you said the, the passenger in the back seat was a pastor? No, nah, the passenger was recording it as he's getting from All the passenger was recording. From, from him, him a street hole. Oh, wow. Wow. Do you feel safe okay. getting your Uber driver getting topped off while he's riding you around? <laughs> I mean, you know, it depends. It depends. You know, it depends on where I'm going. If I'm trying to get, get to work, you know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to, you know, really see all that. But we, in Miami, New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's late night. You know, hey, why not, man? As long as he is able to maintain 
driving on the road there. You're not swerving uh, about to hit somebody. Hey, why not, man? No doubt. Ain't no fun. The Uber driver can't handle it. There you go. Man, what you said on that, it made you want to start driving with Uber. <laughs> Uber everywhere. Skit, skit. <laughs> Uber everywhere. Hey. Hey. Florida man is arrested after cutting off gator tail to impress girlfriend trying to sell it to a neighbor as quote a trinket from the amusement park. <laughs> Alright. An- another Florida gym here. Okay. So my man cutting off gator tails. First off, Uh, 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 Joel Osteen? Like, what? 
Is this TD Jakes church? Like, you got money like that? You go probably private island? Yeah. Yeah, you ain't smashed the preacher's preacher's wife, huh? Yeah. On the island. Man, I would love to know the ethnicity uh, of the people in the, in the story, man. Based on what I like saw white daily, folks. Yeah. white. I, I would say white. Yeah. That's like the white folks stuff right there. <laughs> exactly. Well. Yeah, man. That's a classic Florida right there. My man gonna steal a beach boat to get into the profit islands. <laughs> Hey man, sometimes you gotta, you gotta get to it, man. Exactly. We gotta, gotta get to it. Hello, it's me, Adele's fake manager. Couple arrested for pretending to be artist management and trying to secure deals and merchandise under the name of Adele. You know what? I'm surprised that stories like this doesn't they don't happen more often. You know what I'm saying? Especially with big stars, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's happened, like, you know, we probably haven't heard about it, but, like, you know, with, like, Beyonce, the Adele's of the world, uh, Nicki Minaj, Rihanna's, that people haven't tried to be, you know, false representatives, be fake managers to try to collect the coin off of uh, those uh, those people's names there. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, man. I not, like I said, I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more often, man. People, you know, always trying to make a quick buck, you know, and, and, and come up on something, man. So, you know, surprised you don't hear stories like that, especially, you know, like mainstream uh, news as far as uh, hearing, hearing uh, uh, stories like that, man. You got that right. We got this. Unidentified Florida man is arrested after terrorizing town with graffiti depicting a human butt, three butt cheeks, two butt cracks, and multiple Johnsons. Man, what, is this like a scary movie or something? This is, <laughs> is this hostile? <laughs> this hostile part, part five, right? Yeah. Man. Man, that's crazy, right? Yeah, that's like uh, stuff about uh, 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 Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday 13th or something, man. That's, 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 a, that's a movie twice. That's a plot for a scary movie right there. Exactly. Speaking of passing right. money. Creflo Dollar debuts a pool pit Creflo. made up of entirely a hundred dollar beams. Come on now, all right. So what you telling me is Creflo Dollar? Is that is that his real name? His government name, Creflo Dollar? I think it is. It can't be his real. It can't be his real name. It can't we gonna, be. We gonna do some live research yeah. here and see about yeah, yeah. Creflo Dollar. And why you looking that up, man? I'll, I'll say okay, this about bro, Creflo. That's like, his name. Uh, as his real name. Creflo Augustus Dollar Jr., the founder of the non-denominational World Changers Church in College Park, Georgia. Collie Park, the hood, Camp Creek. Holler at him. Wow. And he heads wow. Dollar Ministerial Association. Creflo Dollar Ministries and Arrow Records. He lives in Fayetteville, Georgia. 55 years old. He's an occupation as a pastor, public speaker, televangelist, and a mover of the word. Whatever that means. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Hey, man. Well, like I said, man, you know, 
Everybody, people, people want to always believe in something, man. And you know, when you get these cats in the pulpit, you know these, these false prophets, um, and you know they people just giving them money, just shelling out their hard-earned cash, man. Like it's hard to feel sorry for people in this situation. Like, come on now. So you need to tell me I'm tithing, right? And God wanted you to to make a uh, uh, it was a, it was a pulpit, right? Uh, of yeah. Of a $100 bill? Mm-hmm. Out, out of a $100 bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe could that money go to support the homeless, uh, you know, help poor people, uh, find housing. Like, that's my, that's my issue with the black church, man. Like, let's take, all right, the pastor got all these cars, nice house. But when half of your congregation is, you know, broke. either uh, broke or, you know, out here struggling from day to day just to make it ends meet, why not try to put that money back into the community, man? But uh, maybe it's a me, though. Bro, I'm always leery of super mega churches. I'd yeah. rather not deal with them. I'd rather go to a small church. So at least I know right, that the money is being used for something. Paying the bills, keeping the lights exactly. up. I prefer a smaller exactly. church. I don't prefer those big mega churches because it's popular to go All to this church. I think I went to this church in South Haven. I don't know where it's called, but it's in South Haven. I went there. I was like, for real? Like, I wasn't impressed. Was it, was it Brown? Was it uh, uh, Brown Avenue or Brown? Something like that. Uh, Some kind of Baptist church. Yeah, I'm the church you're talking about. It was like they got two different buildings. One is one place, and you got to go around the, yep. the, the big church. And they ride you in on, on a golf cart. Like, That's it. It's, cause it's, like, it's like right there, like on State Line Road, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Out there, like, yeah. Out there, South Haven. Yeah. Okay. I know you're talking about. And I was like, man, I really wasn't impressed, but I went because I said I would go, but it was like, real though. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't me. I like a small church. Not too, too small, but a smaller church where I can blend in. I, well, I don't, know, I don't know. I ain't there on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Well, they can't know exactly. as well. Brother Bossman didn't come today. He showed it in football. Season. No doubt. So, but, yeah. No doubt. Exactly. I but I feel you, though, bro. I feel you. We got this. Florida man arrested after punching Good Samaritan six times. After he mistakenly thought he was trying to kidnap his daughter after she fell outside of the Suncoco K gas station. Okay. Uh, so we got Circle K. And you said the father was, the, the, he was... He was doing what now? He punched the Good Samaritan because his daughter fell. But he thought the Good Samaritan tried to steal his daughter. We don't try to help oh. him after she fell. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm he punched you. him six times. Oh, that's messed up, man. Dude was being a good Samaritan. Yeah, oh, man. Nah, yeah, that's not right. Oh, man. That's messed up, man. Now, I would love to know the ethnicity in this story as well. I bet you it was some uh, uh, some mixed ethnicity going on with uh, the, the good Samaritan. And the the attack was by a also. brother, and the Samaritan was a Caucasian. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. Figure something like that, man. Um, <laughs> right people, people are weird, man. And, and, but at the same time, like, 
I mean, you know, you can see a situation and think something else. You know, it's it's just life, man. But me in this situation, like I'm a before I react, you know, I'm a, I'm a peep the scene, see what happened, what's actually going on before, you know, I try to punch uh, somebody for just helping uh help my child up, man. But hey, you stay on though. Here we got California mayor sues up a lottery officials refused to pay $5 million in prize because his underage son bought the ticket. Oh, wow. How much was the, uh, the ticket for? $5 million. Ooh. Well, see, okay, but I thought, okay, they underage, they, they, they can't, they're not supposed to buy tickets, right? I'll be able to buy tickets. I must, they must be they can in California, but they can't win, obviously. So, I don't, maybe. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's, oh, that's crazy, man. Convoluted at best. Yeah, man, you better give me something, man. I can understand. All right, I, I get the rules or whatever, but in that situation, there has to be uh, something in the guidelines to be like, look, uh, you can't get the whole five million, but we'll give you fifty thousand. Something, you know, saying something. <laughs> you know, give me something, man. I'll, I'll hell break loose. I got if my son bought a ticket and you telling me that he's underage, that we don't get that money. Oh, nah, I'm getting something. <laughs> Y'all gonna give me something, man. Exactly. Exactly. And we have this. Florida woman arrested after defecating church with poop. Vandalizing cops home and patrol car with him no longer paying her to top him off right. Whoa. Like, man, this is too much going on in this one, man. Oh. Alright, so first of all, we know she was on that. On that good, good. On that blow. On that white girl. On that, on them pills. On uh, on that Breaking Bad. <laughs> on that meth, everything, man. Pretty much whatever drug is, is out there known to me. It sounds like this person has had in their lifetime. Um, so they, they defecated on in the in the in the church. Okay. And then you said, in, in the, what, what happened in the police car? What she doing? Oh, she did to the man's home and car as well. Oh, okay. All right. And then, so I, I guess, obviously, this police officer uh, enjoys the, the company of crack, of crack uh, hookers. I'm about to say something else. Of crack hookers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, in his company there. So, yeah, so, so it's obviously this, uh, this guy got some issues, the officer in question. Uh, but, yeah, hey, man, you know, like, Man, if you get if you get in top, you know, man, respect the toppy, man. Respect the toppy. Like if you get good toppy, make sure you're paying on that, you know. Don't don't disrespect good toppy. But if it's not good, then hey, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. But if you get some good toppy, man, make sure you you doing something to show your appreciation, you know. Pay a couple rent, pay a couple light bills, you know. Pay pay a little rent, you know. Make sure you show your good good good. Show appreciation for Katavi, man. That's all. You know what this missing about the story is the fact that hey, he's paying a, somebody to give him some top. It's not against the police code of ethics. Some shouldn't he be charged for yeah. something? Yeah, that's the part yeah, that, pretty, yeah. that the, the story did not even cover, or he's not even being charged with that. It's like exactly. I'm just saying. I didn't think that was legal what he was doing, but okay, fine. Right on, yeah. This be a suspension. Something going on to <laughs> this officer uh, right now. Exactly. And we got Nebraska teacher gets ninety days in jail for sex with a student on his sixteenth birthday on the balcony of the Marriott. 
happy birthday. Man, why can't I never have no teacher to violate me uh, when I was growing up, man? Come on. Man, I ain't had not, not one good-looking teacher or anything growing up. Maybe they was all right, but nothing like you really just want to stay out the class for or nothing like that. But you hear now these stories about all these teachers sleep with the students. Where was they at when I was growing up, man? Exactly. And you know what's crazy about it is that I found out from a friend of mine who was a high school football coach. He said, he said man, look, it's hard for me to resist. These, these girls are developing so fast. I'm like, bro, you better keep your, keep your hands off bro, before you become R. Kelly. Man. Exactly. R. Kelly and also be uh get beat down by the by the parents man like it's it's different like it's a whole different dynamic when it's a female teacher messing with a male student but when it's a male teacher messing with a female student there's something weird and creepy about that you know what i'm saying exactly and speaking of the same kind of story old miss fires football coach you freeze after he made a phone call to a number tied to an escort service from the school-issued cell phone. <laughs> Where's the burner phone, the dear download phone? But my man called it from the school-issued cell Like, hey, man. Yes, coaches have the school-issued phone. They also have their own personal number, too. Like, hey, bruh, bruh, like, what's Freeze doing down in Oxford, man? What what the hell's going on no. down there? Well, you know, we, we like to call Freaky Freeze around here. You know, that's my guy, Freaky, Freaky Freeze right there, man. So, yeah, I think what happened was, and after, you know, of course, when we first heard the story, you know, it was just mind-blowing, right? But after a few days, I think I, I realized what happened. All right. Basically, you know how uh, guys in relationships, you know what I'm saying? You know, we got our, you know, our girl, wife, or whatever, but, you know, there's some guys, and, you know, I'm guilty of it as well in the past. Like, you got a little something going on on the side, right? And what happens is, after a while, you know, while you're doing your thing on the side, you get you get sloppy. You know what I'm saying? You get sloppy as far as leaving your phone out. Because we always get caught by leaving our phone out or our email open. You know what I'm saying? And you just you get caught slipping. And that's what I think happened to uh, Coach Freeze. He got caught slipping. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, with the uh, lawsuit that uh, former Ole Miss coach, uh, Houston Nuts uh, attorney, you know, filed against the school where they requested phone records uh, from Coach Freeze. And, and Coach Freeze, of course, had the opportunity to redact numbers on the report. So he, he redacted numbers like of his family and close friends and stuff like that. But in his mind, I'm thinking, he was probably thinking that there's no way that they're going to uh, pull this number and, you know what I'm saying, and associate that with a uh, 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 phone sex or escort uh, co- uh, company like that that he was calling there. So what, what happened was, like, you know, that one number, they pulled it, and that then the school did an investigation to where they found out that Coach Freeze was calling this number quite often, like a lot of one-minute calls throughout the, uh, the years he's been there to this number and I'm just I'm trying to figure out like was he flying was he flying the hookers in for himself or was he doing it for recruits or was it maybe a little bit of both a little bit of both you ask me yeah 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but and it would make it so crazy. Like, if he was just a regular guy, and this happened, it would be a it would be a story, but it would be the big the big story that it turned out to be because you know he care he supposed to carry himself as this you know holier than thou uh, devout Christian, and you know he's been here in Memphis at different big churches here, you know, as a guest. Uh, uh, parishioner and uh, you know leading prayer services and stuff like that. So you know it's it's it's, it's crazy, man. But I think he just he, he's a man. And he got caught slipping. And but you know and yeah yeah it's crazy, man. And but to lose on all that money. Normally a coach should get a buyout or you know receive something even when he gets fired. But he had a he had a morality clause in the contract to where he doesn't get a dime at this point going forward, man. Exactly, and I'm speaking of a dime going forward. We got this Dallas Cowboys cut Lucky Whitehead after he was misidentified in a connection with a robbery in Virginia by a man who jacked his information, results in him being picked up by on the waivers by the Jets and throwing Jason Garrett in the process on social media as the Jets pick him up. My man, what is your take on this whole lucky whitehead situation? Yo, yo, one cowboy fan to another. We got some problems this year, man. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you uh, quick reasons why here, man. All right, first of all, anytime the Cowboys since the year 2000, anytime that they've won, uh, they've always followed it up the following season by pretty much sucking the following year, you know what I'm saying, and having the subpar season. They've never been able to go back-to-back seasons, you know, with 10 wins or more, you know, in the 2000s. You know, so uh, that that's already one strike against us. And another thing that I've noticed my Cowboys, especially uh, from 2000 to this point going forward, uh, to this point that we're at now in 2017, the Cowboys don't thrive when the spotlight is on them. You know what I mean? Like, if they have a great season the year before and if the expectations for the following season is Super Bowl or bust, the Cowboys don't do well with that type of pressure. They, they've done well. They've gotten the 12, the 10-win seasons, the 11-win seasons, the uh, 12-win, 13-win seasons, you know, in this uh, decade, in, uh, in 2000, the 2000 decade, when the expectations were low, when they were kind of flying under the radar where experts didn't think the Cowboys were going to do well. That's when the Cowboys really succeed. So, with those two things, man, and all the issues, off-field issues that, you know, some of the players have been having, Ezekiel Elliott, Damian Wilson, uh, uh, Nolan Carroll, uh, DUI arrest, man, and, and the Lucky Whitehead uh, issue. Like, it's, it's just too much. It's too much distraction for this team, man. So, I'm sorry, I will be I would be thoroughly shocked if the Cowboys repeat as uh, division champs. Because I think we're in for a 9-7, 8-8 type year, man, because there's just way too many distractions and there's not enough focus on football. And then to speak to, uh, specifically about Lucky Whitehead, it's mess- it's a messed up situation. Now, if you, tell- if you don't cut Lucky Whitehead because of talent, he- he's not as talented as the kid they drafted at North Carolina, uh, the-, the-, the Switzer guy, Ryan Switzer then that's fine. I understand that, you know, as, as far as you go cut him for football reasons, as far as talent is concerned. You know, that happens, you know, on every team. That's cool. But for you to cut him, you know, based off of previous issues as far as him being late and missing the flight, where he, he didn't even travel uh, to a game in New York last year. Okay. 
All right, the issue with the dog uh, being stolen, okay? And this issue with his identity, right? Somebody using his identity. And, you know what I'm saying? In, in, in that situation, and, you know, warrants being issued, and he, and he had no involvement in it. But for you to cut him based off of that, and then, then when you find out that it was a mistake, to not even issue an apology, I'm okay with you not bringing him back. I'm okay with that because you basically you, you gonna cut him anyway. At this point, you gonna cut him anyway. But for you not to even apologize, at least issue the man issue apology to the man and just say, you know what, that was our bad, man. We didn't know, but we're gonna stand on, on him being cut. But we we do want to apologize for cutting him for those reasons. That's what I wish the Cowboys would do because Jason Garrett looked stupid yesterday by basically saying the company line. We had we we made moves. Uh, you know, based off of what we felt was best for the Cowboys, he said that over and over again. Because that's when you look dumb. That's when you look stupid, man. Just be real. Because you know, we we think of Jason Garrett as a puppet anyway, a robot. I would love for Jason Garrett just that one time. One time, be like, you know what? Lucky's a good kid. Maybe he just needed, a, you know, a clean a clean slate. You know, somewhere else. But we we, we understand that he he was not implicated in any arrest. It was a uh, false identity, and you know what? And you know what? We wish the kid well. Say that as opposed to, you know, we made these, we made these moves in in the best interest of the Cowboys. That just sounds dumb, man. And you look stupid. And the whole organization looks bad right now. And it's a black eye going into um, a training camp where you already had some black eyes going on, man. So that's my take on it, man. Like I wish Lucky right here the best. He's not the greatest player in the world. We know that he he wasn't he wasn't that productive as a cowboy, but if you're cutting him based off of what you thought happened and come to find out that wasn't the case, at least say something, man. Then that, that's what I wish Jerry Jones was doing and, and Jason Garrett. Exactly. Say something. Say something in the kid's defense, you know. Exactly. And saying something is his um, usher is off. letting it burn. He lives oh, in the pay. Over a million dollars to his uh, former ex Tamika bridesmaid for allegedly passing her along herpes. And the other woman suing him for well for herpes. And, uh, bruh, uh, I do mean to let that in the burning confession right here, brother. Yo, hey man, couple things. <laughs> couple things on this, uh, this topic. First of all, like my man Usher, all right. First of all, who did he get? Who did he get it from? First of all, that's what I want to know. And then, secondly, am I the only one that thinks that maybe old girl deserves? I'm not saying she deserves herpes, but deserves what she gets as far as being because she was a bridesmaid. You know what I'm saying? This, and you the bridesmaid. This, this is supposed to be your your friend. You know your girl. You know you 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 uh, you the bridesmaid at your girl's wedding. She reached out to you, you know. She want, she wanted you in her wedding because y'all friends, and then you sleep with sleep with us and sleep with her husband. Like you, I mean, you, you kind of deserve what you get, you know, at that point, right? Exactly. Where are the boundaries? Like, I would never, as a dude, mess with none of my friends' exes nah, or, man. or close exes. Like, that's nah. if it's just some random, okay, but like right. if that's who you was riding with for a while. That yeah. that, that don't count to me. But the problem is, bro, is this, that once they get in that situation or getting that one-on-one, you know, we one-on-one, blase, blase situation, 
stuff pops off. You know, when that vibe hits, stuff can happen. So it's like, no doubt. you got off with that putting stuff in the predicament where, hey, I'm on that one-on-one spot with a girl, she didn't want to give it to me anyway. And that's my, this is my white friend, but let me try anyway. And, woo, it's just a mental situation. Yeah, man, it's, it's messy all the way around, man, you know. But, I mean, like, she got broke off, man, but, I mean, <laughs> money, you know, is nice and all, but, like, she got that for life, man. It's not like, worth, she got that it's for not life. You know what I'm saying? on the lips and yeah, 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 yeah. for yeah. paper to get me by. Because- right, right. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you basically marked for life as... You know the chick that got Usher, that got uh, got Herbie Usher and Usher. Like it's over with for him. Like the, he's with. Like if he's with somebody now, like that's it. Like you ain't gonna you can't get with nobody else, bro. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure he'll even find find somebody you know down the road or whatever. But you know, but like and now the word's out there. And then when's when's Usher gonna say something? Like is he is he gonna talk about this at all? Or is he gonna kind of just let it? <laughs> Let it burn, you know, in a man's yeah, thinking, man. Let it burn. Right, right, right. He's gonna hope for some time away will make it heal, heal the pain. Like, no doubt, my man. No, <laughs> no sir, no sir, poor guy. And yeah, man, song, but hey, yeah, yeah, you know, that's crazy. The song story is mentioned uh, earlier. Robert Sylvester Kelly has been accused of having a sex cult. One of which is right here in Atlanta in Johns Creek, right out of Georgia 400. Uh, he has the one in Chicago where he don't let the girls eat. He starves them, he controls their mind. And the rest of crazy as hell. Like, R. Kelly been doing some freaky stuff for life. I'm trapping, I'll, I'll tell you, trapping the closet told you what, the, what his man's mind is in. Because nobody says right 30 chapters of that without their mind being <laughs> messed up. Like that, don't spot me trap in the closet. Come on, man. You know, dude messed up in the head. But how many how many chapters did he do officially? It was like a hundred of them. Yeah, he's done uh, yeah. thirty three. But he said he got over seventy more. He needs to publish and, and record. That's why, why, Kelly? Why, man? Like, I mean, you're right. Like when I heard the story, I wasn't shocked. I mean, it's R. Kelly. Like, we see, we see the tape. We've seen the video. Like, this is how you get down. He's a weird dude. He married Aaliyah. Aaliyah was 15 years old when, he, when uh, she married R. Kelly, man. So, uh, he's, he's a weird dude, man. Like, come on, man. Any, any dude that still dresses like <laughs> R. Kelly, R. Kelly dressed like the first day of school. You know what I'm saying? Like, with, with, his, with his outfit, but he's dressed like he's he going to the first day of school. He's, he's, like, he's still stuck in public announcement days. He's still stuck right. there. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't came from 2017. Like he's stuck in folk announcement days. He's still stuck there. Basically. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't shocked, man. I wasn't surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Cassie sing, can sing. Cassie got money. You know, that makes you shit do anything sometimes. And then when you add in the fact that he's just a freak. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's what he do, man. Exactly. And yeah. one final story for you. Donnie McClurkin, uh, who's delivered, say delivered from being gay. I'm, I'm not buying that. Uh, is, is having to go to counseling with his girlfriend uh, to solve uh, relationship issues. And I, bro, I think this means one or three things. Either he's having cravings for men again, 
He wants right. to bring a man into the, in the, into the bedroom with him, or right. his man ain't firing off. It's one of the things. And I don't think we delivered from being gay. If he was taking and receiving another stick from another yeah. man, I don't think you'd come back from the end. Bro, why all these gospel dudes be on that, though? I'll be up to Lloyd and all that. You, 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 you with his lifestyle. I ain't trying to judge nobody, but I'm just saying, you can be up to right. Lloyd and you know you're doing all that. Yo, it's take crazy. It, man. Um, it's crazy, man. Like, you know, I was about to say, I was about to sing, uh, he fall down, but <laughs> get right back up, man. Um, I ain't gonna do it to him though. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. Like, I want, yeah, once you, once you've uh, taken and received, and, and you know, and I and also heard like, like he was, you know, molested child, something like that. You know what I'm saying? That that kind, of, you know, can shape your mind as well. But, uh, but yeah, as far as him. Uh, uh, only liking women, he, he's the, he's delivered now. Nah, I, I ain't buying that either, bro. But uh, yeah, man. Like I said, you know, more power to him. Like you know, you, you like you like what you like. But you know, like these download dudes, man. Like you gotta pick a side, man. <laughs> pick a side, dog. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like either yeah, yeah, man. Either you gonna be with a woman, you gonna be with a man. But pick a side, man. Please. Hey, bro, this has been like a long, detailed report tonight. What is it your has, take man. on today's report, man? Hey, man, this is the extended cut. <laughs> <laughs> the extended cut, man, uh, report, man. Hey, man, great story, dog. Um, all the way around, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, black celebrities that we, we got in there, man, they fall from grace. Um, you know what I'm saying? Lucky Whitehead Cowboys. You know, look at got egg on their face, man. All the stories, man, on, on point. No doubt. But folks, we had you learn a little better. We had Jay Bunny, we had Greg Arias, and JC Smith, this boss man, help enjoy this week's show. Enjoy the report. We are out. And if you don't know, you know, you know.